Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop Podcast, Episode 77. You are in for a lot of wisdom coming your way from our guest today, Heather Ferris. Before we dive in, I want to encourage you to do some deep diving in your business. So many business owners keep their head down working on the urgent in the day-to-day, and they don't stop to look up and analyze what is happening, for better or worse, in their business. Especially this time of year, it's important to take stock before planning what you're going to do next or even next year. If you're looking for some outside perspective and business expertise, let's set up a one-on-one coaching session. Currently, we're offering VIP days to rewind and review your year. We will analyze your current business year, sales system and trends, client experience, and marketing. Then we can make some informed and strategic decisions on your goals and focus for 2023. And that will be based on data and not just on a whim. You can find all the details and any current special offers at womensbusinessworkshop.com slash VIP day. You can also find that link in the show notes. Now on with the show. We have a fun guest today to talk about Pinterest for your business. Heather Ferris is a Pinterest marketer and has been managing client accounts for over six years. Before she got into Pinterest marketing, she was an accountant. Heather facilitates a membership where she helps content creators, coaches, and service providers with strategy to grow their traffic and sales. Her team is also serving upwards of 25 clients at any one time. For the fun facts, Heather drinks iced tea like it's going out of style. For an entire year, she traveled in an RV full-time with one husband and two kids and supported her family's adventures through her Pinterest agency. She lives in sunny Arizona and enjoys hiking when it's not blazing hot. Welcome to the podcast, Heather. (laughs) So funny. You said with one husband (laughs) made me laugh. (laughs) That's what it says on your bio. (laughs) Did I write that? (laughs) Yes. And now that you say that, it does sound funny. (laughs) Well, we don't know That's how they okay. do it out in Arizona. We're in the you Midwest. Know, no offense to those people living in Utah that might have more than one. Um, Is that an more, option? More power to you, you know. No, I do love Pinterest. I do love my one husband, my two kids. Um, That's funny. To add to your fun facts, by the time this podcast episode comes out, I would have announced that we are also moving to Europe. Um so my current Pinterest pinning habits are lots of pinning about Europe. And yes, the agency, we're rounding the corner to seven years and it does not seem possible. So that's really exciting. Yeah, it'll be January, seven years in January. Holy smokes. Nice. Very good. But you joke that you've been on Pinterest since when it started when you connect to the bottom of your feed. You could get to the bottom of your feed. And I, the reason I joined the platform is because I couldn't cook my way out of a hamburger helper box and I needed to learn how to cook for my family because, you know, it was making us sick and I just needed something different. And I asked on Facebook back when you asked questions in the third person for advice. And my sister-in-law was like, Hey, you should check out this thing called Pinterest. And she sent me a text with the invite and I joined And it was only on desktop at that point. So I don't even know how I got the link from my, probably emailed it to myself and signed up. And here we are 12, almost 13 years later, uh, still have the same profile. 
actually. Yeah. I have I'm, cooked all, all 2,600 of those recipes I pinned too. That is excellent. So, I actually have a board called cool food that I probably will never make. <laughs> I, I'm <laughs> telling you, I joined to learn, I joined to learn how to cook and I, I taught myself how to cook. So that's I'm excellent. proud of it. I used it a lot for, um, my kids are all young adults and teenagers now, but I used it a lot for birthday party ideas and teacher gifts and all the crafty stuff that I could replicate, but couldn't yeah. necessarily create out of my mind. Yep. Same. Today we're chatting about your audience and how businesses can use it. So many of them probably can relate to the fact that, you know, we're pinning recipes and that's one of the big myths is oh, it's just for like recipes and fashion and, and makeup and gifts, but it's really not like people go there to look for things, um, like relationship tips. Sure. I know I now get, because of the algorithm, I assume I get a lot of business articles and things that I can use to grow my business, which I find, uh, very helpful. And then also just the eternal list of quotes, <laughs> and encouraging, yeah. but I really like them. And they do, I do actually save them. A lot of the people in our audience use Pinterest, but maybe they're not getting the ROI they want, or they've never used it before at all. And they, they see it as just the place for recipes and birthday party ideas and all the crafty things. But what, why would a business want to be on Pinterest? Like what would be the purpose of, let's say an in-person business why would they want to be on Pinterest? Yeah. So when we had first started chatting before we hit record, you'd mentioned that some of the people in your audience have in-person businesses, but they also have websites where they create content. Um, you just have to think about how you're serving your audience. And if you can and have the capability or currently are serving people from around the world, um, you know, someone in Tucson who's a life coach may also have content and a YouTube channel or an Instagram Um channel, I don't know what you, a profile where you do lives or create reels. That's, and that's really valuable content that can bring people into the top of your funnel, introduce you, um, your, you to them and them to you and really begin that no like, and trust factor. So just any bit of online content can help to validate that you are a real person and that you can help them in a real way, whether they live in your city or not. Um, a lot of local businesses can also utilize Pinterest. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I have a local business, I'm not online. Um, there are people like in Tucson, for example, I live in Tucson. We have a city of a half a million people. Most people come to Arizona, they go to Phoenix or Scottsdale or even Flagstaff. But there is quite a lot of search results for Tucson for things to do, places to stay, things to eat. So if you're in that industry and you're creating content about your local city, that's also something that you can actually show up for. And one, one little niche of people that might be listening that count themselves out when it comes to local marketing on Pinterest are photographers. People in your area may be looking for, you know, poses or outfits or whatever it is related to a photo shoot, then come across your photography and realize that, that you are local to them and they haven't settled on a photographer, maybe they don't really want the one that they've already hired and they're looking for other options. So keeping that in mind too, that there are local keywords that you can target. So if you're hyper-local and you serve online, or if you're only local, you know, 
give yourself a little bit of a chance and go on there and just start searching for your keywords in your area. Okay. That's a great idea to search for what you would, what someone would be searching Mm -hmm. for to find you. We're all so exhausted with Facebook and Instagram. At least I'm speaking personally with the algorithm and it feels like so much work for very little return lately that I'm looking to Pinterest as just even for my own lack of boredom (laughs) is to try to bring something new into my business because I'm just getting so frustrated with Facebook and Instagram. So is this platform for people who aren't using it for their business, is this platform a lot different than Facebook or Instagram as far as your strategy or what you look to get out of it? Yeah. And this kind of ties your original question in a kind of slightly different answer to your current question in that Pinterest is like a parking lot for your content. This is my new metaphor for 2022. I'm trying to help people to understand that the longevity of Pinterest is so much different than the longevity of a Facebook or an Instagram feed. How often do you open up your app and go to Heather's Instagram feed and just scroll to the bottom? Probably not very often because there's not a lot there that people are looking for in the same way that they are looking for it on Pinterest. And the way that they use the platform is also different. So the user intent and the initial reason someone opens Pinterest is going to be different than the reason they open Facebook or Instagram. Almost 90% of the time I open Instagram, I'm looking for friends I follow and their stories. I'm looking almost for validation or entertainment for myself. I don't use Facebook anymore. I quit using Facebook back in 2019. I use it for my paid membership Facebook group, and that's it. Um, I actually installed the Newsfeed Eradicator, so I can't even see the Newsfeed anymore on my desktop when I open it. Um, And I just have the group on my app. That's all I go to. So I can't really speak to Facebook anymore, but it's definitely the user intent behind Pinterest and Instagram are totally different. I think of Instagram as entertainment, current day, keeping up on what businesses are doing right now in the moment. And it's, um, and Pinterest is a place where I can go and search for things related to what I need. I have a pain and want to solve. I can go use the search bar. And then ideally search is going to result in pins that are going to help me. And what I'm looking for is going to show up there. And that's you. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, okay, well, how do I get my Instagram marketing tips to show up over on Pinterest? Well, utilizing the proper keywords creating Pinterest images that are click worthy. Um, When someone searches Instagram marketing tips for beginners, then ideally your pins would then show up in that feed. So it's really more of a search engine. Yes. Than just entertainment. Yes, it is. It's becoming as more and more Gen Z are coming online. um, They introduced what are called idea pins, which we can get to in a little bit, um, which are more short form, snappy, current topic, like trending right now, not the same trending as your Instagram, TikTok reel kind of thing. Um, but like in the moment content, um, more and more Gen Z are bringing more of those engagement kind of entertainment pieces to the platform, but it very much at its core is still a search engine. And you'll notice that in two ways, two primary ways. So when you open your desktop computer and you open Pinterest and Chrome or your mobile phone, and you type in um, Pinterest marketing tips, you're going to have an autofill just like you have over on Google of other keyword searches people are searching for related to what you just put in the search bar. 
if you hit enter on that, then you're going to have all these bubbles at the top. The bubbles have come back now after almost two, three years of being gone. Um, those bubbles are what were in the autofill and they're additional searches. They're, it's called a visual search of what people were looking for in the search bar. So if they searched Pinterest marketing and hit enter on the screen would be like tips, strategy, hacks, mm -hmm. Canva, Tailwind, additional search terms that you can click and it becomes a long tail search than in search bar. So it's definitely like if you married, you know, Google images with Google search sure. together and you made it functional, whereas Google images is not functional in most no, cases. Sometimes it shows you things that you really don't want to see. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, there's certain <laughs> words you never Google image search yeah. because you don't want the image. You want the article. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so Pinterest is a great fit for that. And when you mentioned the longevity of what you have out there on Pinterest, I know I have some old links that to blog posts that I've contemplated deleting the blog post because it was just a little out of the range of my target market as you know, I've grown my business, but I'm yeah. afraid to delete it because it's been on Pinterest so long that it still is bringing people to my website. And it's like 10 years later. Yeah. And that happens. In fact, my travel blog, one of the ugliest images of myself somehow <laughs> ended up getting pinned to Pinterest. I wrote this article back in 2018 when we bought our RV and um, my husband was taking pictures of me pinning up these curtains in the RV and I had switched. If anyone has ever listened, you're listening to this and if you own an RV, you know how ugly those valances are and they're, they're just horrible. So I was putting curtains on the valances and he snapped a picture of me sweaty in this ugly tank top, pinning these valances up and the pin has year over year sent about 75,000 page views to my website. <laughs> gosh. So you can never take it down. I can't take it down. <laughs> oh man. That's yeah. funny. Oh geez. Yeah. So I've wondered with those really old pins, is it better to not delete them and just change the content that's, on, you know, adjust the content a little bit. That's on yeah. that, that blog post to be. More yeah. Relevant? Well, I don't even know that I would update the blog post. Um, I wouldn't worry so much about old pins and what's, you know, what's out there. If you, if you took an account and your business has evolved over time, this is going to happen to me when we get to Europe next year. I'm taking the travel blog that was the RV travel blog and I'm converting it into European travel. And um, a lot of that traffic is going to naturally just come to the RV stuff. And when people land there, they'll realize that we're in a different part of the world now and we're in a different phase of our life. And I think there's just, there's some understanding with that when people find your content, it comes back to user intent. Did the original blog post solve the problem that they were looking for? It's okay if they don't stick around for your new content. If they got an answer on the old content, just leave it. Okay. Good to know, but don't delete them. Yeah. Don't delete them. I mean, there's no point in deleting them. It's good engagement for your Pinterest account too. So. Sure. Sure. That's true. What's something that you see that business owners are doing wrong on Pinterest? Like, are there red flags where you are scrolling and you're like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Waving it. Yes. Okay. So the first couple answers I'm going to give you to what people are doing wrong when they get on Pinterest um, aren't when I'm scrolling. It's actually just when people 
um, are trying to do Pinterest and they're just not getting the results that they want. First and foremost, they're not setting up their foundations correctly. So um, that begs the question, what are your foundations on Pinterest? Your foundations are your profile, everything. So your profile display name and bio. You're not using keywords. You're using fruity phrases in there that don't actually help people to understand who you are, who you serve, and how you serve them. Um, your board titles and your board descriptions are either, um, you know, they make no sense. They're things like um, cute, I don't even know. Like mom, Mama Susie's stuff. Yes. <laughs> yes. Something like that, that actually doesn't, it's not a search term. Remember, people are coming and searching for things on Pinterest. So your board titles need to be searchable. So instead of um, cute scarves for my dog, it should be, you know, dog clothes or something that people are actually searching for in the search bar. Then the mistake that goes along with that is not filling in your board descriptions. Your board descriptions lend to indexing of your pins and your boards and the algorithms. The algorithm first and foremost, relies heavily on engagement signals. Um, but if your pins aren't indexed properly, they can't really get engagement or be shown to the right people. So make sure your board titles and your board descriptions are filled in. One thing that I've started doing again in 2022 that I, I really had never done, so I can't say again, is um, creating board covers that make your profile easy to skim. A lot of people from idea pins are landing on profiles. And when your profile just looks like a mishmash garbage can of Pinterest images with all this text, none of it matches. It's hard to see. And someone with a brain like mine with like ADHD and there's 15,000 things going on in, in 10 seconds, it's too much. So like thin that out and create some board covers and make your profile visually appealing. Right along with that visual appealing, profile is a banner. So at the top of your profile, you have this big billboard that you can use. A lot of people completely miss out on this. They just put an image there of themselves or, you know, a stock photo. Go to my profile, um, pinterest.com forward slash Heather uh, Ferris Co. Go check out my profile. My banner is optimized for people to go to my paid Pinterest membership. And I know that banner works because as soon as I put it up, I started getting sales on my membership from Pinterest and give people a reason of why they should pay attention to your content. So mine says something like, do you wanna get more traffic and sales from Pinterest? And then I tell them to go join my membership. This is where you can do that. This is how you can do that. So utilize that banner. Now, to answer your question, what are some of the mistakes that I see when I'm scrolling? Um, one of the big things that people do that I, I can't stand it and Pinterest can't either, and they haven't figured out a way to, to fix it, is people pinning Instagram reels or TikTok videos to Pinterest and not removing the watermarks. We're not on Pinterest to watch TikToks. We're not on Pinterest to watch reels. It's okay if you wanna create that content and repurpose it to Pinterest, but always keep the end user in mind. The reason someone goes to Instagram and watches your reel on how to make a smoothie for breakfast is not the same reason they're going to Pinterest to find the smoothie. They may be watching your day in the life blog on Instagram and they like that upbeat music that you're dancing to. They're looking for the recipe on Pinterest. They're not looking to watch you dance to making this movie. They want the recipe. So think about the end user and 
why you would put that content there and always remove the watermark. Yes. Cause now as you say that, and I'm picturing when I use Pinterest, I'm not looking to be entertained. I want, I have something I'm looking for. I want an answer. Maybe I'm not doing it now and I'm saving it all for like birthday party ideas or whatever it is, but I definitely want the factual information. And I get very frustrated if the image promises something and you do click through to it and it's either mismatched or it goes to a dead, you know, blank page or what they're promising isn't even the thing. Like you have to spend $200 to get the information they had on the graphic and that gets really frustrating. Yeah. That is one thing that you want is landing page cohesiveness. Um, So if you are promising something for free, then make sure what they land on is actually for free. You can promote within that. And I do this. Um, I will, I create a lot of free content. I have a YouTube channel, like your podcast. This is all free content people can listen to on the internet. So from that though, I want that content to work for me. So I'm never creating content just to create content. I create content to lead people to the next thing I need them to do if they want to work with me or learn from me. So if you are creating free content, like a free blog post on a smoothie recipe, go ahead and put your paid, your full recipe book that you're selling in the blog post and say, hey, if you want these all in one place and you want all of my recipes, here it is for seven bucks. Right. That's actually right. a really great and natural way to sell your products or services without feeling salesy, which a lot of people are afraid to sell. So I love that. So that leads into funnels. And I know I've seen a lot of people say to use Pinterest for funnels. And so I have some very basic ones set up, sending it to my podcast where I do have an email list for podcast goodies and all that kind of stuff. So it feels like there's a purpose, but how elaborate do you have to get if someone's like, I'm not doing all the funnel stuff with the ads and the complex everything, how basic and simple can you go on Pinterest and still see some results? Yeah. So you could start as simple as creating idea pins. So I, let me explain what idea pins are and then we'll get into the content and like funneling. So idea pins are, um, it's a couple, they're a couple years old. So this is not new, but it's almost like if you were looking at an Instagram carousel post and a story, but they're not linkable to anywhere, which word on the street is we may be getting links on idea pins in the near future. I'm not going to make a promise because that may not come true. Um, but it's a, it's a native piece of content that lives on Pinterest that helps to bring in and attract new audience and also bring in engagement. And that's what we want. So after our pins get indexed, we want engagement. So then Pinterest can continue to serve it to our audiences. Um, So you can start as simple as creating idea pins. And one way that I do this in my business, I just posted two this morning, is I actually create my preferred platform, which is TikTok, because I like their editor and their filming and their music options, which I don't use music on the ones I repurpose to, to Pinterest. Um, but I like everything about filming on TikTok. So someone listening may like everything about filming on Instagram. Um, I start in one place. I create really high value content. So one of the examples I posted this morning is 15 calls to action you can use on your Pinterest pins to increase your engagement. 
that content is going to give people a ton of value and know that I'm trustworthy because I'm not just telling them that they can, um, you know, pin once and make a million dollars. So that then is going to earn me follows and saves, which is going to earn me more engagement and get my pins served in those feeds. So you can start as simple as that and just funneling people to your profile and building awareness and authority about what you do. Building that know, like, and trust factor ultimately is going to bring people to your website. So as you're bringing people, if you visualize a funnel upside down, like an upside, like a triangle on its head, bring people in the top with those idea pins and they're going to, some are going to filter down into the next phase of the journey, which is usually consideration. People are considering whether this is a viable solution for them or not. The bottom phase of that buyer journey is purchase. Ultimately, they're going to filter through and buy from you. Uh, whether it's a product or a service or eyeballs, you're monetizing eyeballs with ads on your website or ads in your podcast. So that can be your funnel too. You can start as simple as those idea pins. You can get as elaborate as running Pinterest ads, which I'm doing some of that for myself right now. And I have freebie funnels that are set up where someone can get, grab like my free Pinterest strategy guide, which has brought thousands of people into my email list over the last four or five years. Behind that, I sell a product. And then behind that, I upsell my membership. And behind that, if they don't take any action on any of that, they get put into an email sales sequence where I sell my membership. So you can get a lot more elaborate, or you can literally just start by promoting free content. For someone that hasn't seen a lot of conversion on Pinterest and they say, okay, this is it. I am buckling down. I'm going to follow all of Heather's advice and I'm going to get my Pinterest account up and converting. Let's say for a solopreneur, someone who is just, they don't have any employees, it's just them and they're going to invest in Pinterest. If they asked you how much time, energy, and money do I need to put into this to make it worth my while. And I know that is such a general question <laughs> that could have like an, it depends answer for sure, but any insight for someone on, you know, for them to dive in and see if it's worth it. Yeah. So I would say very first step would be to hop on Pinterest. And I take people through this exercise really often. So if you're listening and you are not driving um, you can grab a piece of paper and I want you to draw a line down the middle and a line across the middle. So like draw like four squares on your box or on your paper. And in one box, I want you to write down all of the current questions that you get the most often in your business. What are, what do people come and ask you about? For me, it's what are keywords and how do I use them on Pinterest? Or, you know, how do I create idea pins? So those are like burning questions people ask all the time. And I want you to write down what are the services that I provide slash products that I sell? And then in another box, I want you to write down what are the pillars in your business that you create content on? So you're not going to fill in all four boxes. Usually it's just three. So what are the pillars? So for me, it's Pinterest marketing, Pinterest ads. So organic marketing, paid marketing, automation strategies, and Canva. Those are my four big pillars. From that, I can create thousands of pieces of content, right? And then I want you to kind of take those things to the platform and start searching for them. So how do I use Pinterest for Squarespace? That's something people ask me. I can put that in the search bar and then I can see the content that's coming up and how competitors are positioning their content. The reason I want you to do this is not to take a peek at your competitors and what they're doing, 
but to see how people are searching for your content and how your competitors are presenting theirs. A lot of times it's just really fluffy how to big pie in the sky promises. How can you fit yourself into that search result and do it differently? If you pay attention to the search results, oftentimes it's all static pins. So that can give you a good indicator that maybe you should create a video pin on this same search result. And that so would then, be different than a video that you would make for Instagram I, yeah. reels or. You could actually take an Instagram reel talking about Instagram marketing tips and put that on Pinterest as a video pin. Okay. Just take off yeah. the watermark. Yeah. Take the watermark off. So that's kind of where I, I lead people in for validation of their audience and their offers. I want you to validate your offers. I want you to see what keywords people are searching for. Use that fourth box as notes. What keywords are coming up for you that you didn't think about before? What topics are presenting themselves that you haven't talked about that you can talk about? Um, are there any gaps in the way that your competitors are presenting their content that you think you could do it better? And then I want you to take your content on your website and kind of start dissecting it and figuring out from your pillars what is the most important and kind of where you want to start with Pinterest. And I would start with your most evergreen content first, because if you start with timely content and it's like right on the season, because Pinterest can be very seasonal. So for example, if right now today was Halloween and you started pinning about Halloween today, the content's not going to get seen until next year. So I want you to make sure if you are going to promote seasonal content, you're backing it up about 90 days. But that's why I always tell people just start with your seasonal or your evergreen content first. So anything in your business that's evergreen, that exists on and on, and no matter what time of the year someone lands on it, it's valuable for them. Start there and then start creating pins for each of those pieces of content. Create an idea pin for it. Create a video pin for it. Quick hack. If you create an idea pin for it, repurpose your idea pin as a video, and then that's your video pin. You don't have to create two pieces of content and create a static pin for it. And lately I've even been testing out carousels. So kind of like your carousels on Instagram, I've been testing out carousels for engagement purposes over on Pinterest as well. So really just starting with your evergreen content and getting your foundations in place and getting consistent. The big problem that the majority of people that come to me have is they don't know where to start because they don't have a process. They don't have a system and they're just stuck. And then they sit at their computer and they're like, well, what do I make pins for? I like that. And for the listeners, that's a great first action step. A lot of times in our episodes, we'll talk about what your first action step should be after the episode. And I think that's a great one for them to start with. Even if you have an account and you've been using it for years and years, it's a great way to step back and see, am I actually doing what I should be doing for this account based on what my content is? Yeah. My last question, and this is personal for my business, <laughs> is yeah. what about people who have in-person events, whether they're yearly or coming up in a, um, you know, 90 days, like you said, is it worth it to do any kind of pins for something like that? If someone's hosting an event, um, in a lot of cases, you won't see that work as well organically as you might with paid ads, simply because if people have to travel a long ways, pinners are planners. Oftentimes they're planning Christmas in April. Sure. Um, don't ask me why. I don't start pinning or 
planning Christmas until October, but that's just me. Um, but pinners are already looking for Christmas stuff again in April after Christmas just ended three months before. So think about that from a business perspective of it might be really good for me to go ahead and get some organic pins out for this, but the landing page they're going to land on, is that going to be flipped over to a wait list? Like technically what's going to happen with the tech side of things once that event is over, because like we'd mentioned earlier, pinners don't really like it when they land on dead links. Mm -hmm. It's very frustrating. So also keep that in mind. Are you going to forward that URL on your website with a 301 redirect later? Um, It's really good if you are running an event, if you wanted to run ads for lead gen, just to get people on your list, aware of the event. And if you sell digital tickets as well as physical tickets, then that could be a way to get people that can't travel also into the event. Summits do this a lot. A lot of summits will do that. All right. Great advice. Now that we have all the ideas and all the, everybody's got that page of notes of what they're going to go do on Pinterest, where can we find you so that you can help us get organized? Yes. I love it. Okay. So everything for me is heatherferris.com, not Ferris like Bueller. It's <laughs> F-A-R-R-I-S.com. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. Yep. Um, that's where you can find everything for me lives on my website. So I have a YouTube channel full of actionable tutorials. So if you're looking to learn how to do things, um, you know, set up your own ads or create idea pins. Like I talk about and teach about all of this stuff on the YouTube channel. I obviously have an email list that I haphazardly email maybe twice a month but I do have nurture sequences set up. Sure. You can grab my strategy guide or, you know, read my blog content as well. It just depends on your learning style. Okay. And even though you will be in Europe, everything's digital and yep. virtual and online. So that won't yep. affect anyone contacting you. Uh, so we'll have all of that in the show notes. And I hope that you and your one husband and your two kids <laughs> Have a wonderful time with your move to Europe. And I'm personally looking forward to following those new adventures through social media. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Robin. Thanks for being on the show. 